Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is ten past six. We are a little bit late. Welcome to Sound Bites. I'm joined, as always, by Peter. How are you, Peter? I'm very well, thank you, Russell. Yourself? I'm very well. Now we did a post on uh, our Instagram and Facebook pages uh, about tonight's topic. Where oh. are the aliens? Aliens? We're talking where are about they? aliens. Yeah. What type yeah. of aliens? Obviously, intelligent life aliens, um, although oh. we're quite fascinated to see uh, microbial and simple cell life forms. Really, th- tonight we're going to be talking about where are all the smart ones. It's really interesting you, you want to talk about aliens because, to me, as much as we call them animals, we call dolphins animals and we call all the rest of them animals and we call ourselves yeah. animals, yeah. we're all aliens. Well... In 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 the concept of if another species out there didn't know us, and they came here, they would think all of these beings of living people are aliens. Well, that's an interesting concept because uh, even if you just take one of those and you have a look at it, you'll realise, especially for us and any of our mammalian cousins, uh, we are made up of hundreds of thousands of millions of little organisms. So we've got bacteria on our skin. We've got bacteria and um, gut fauna and flora in our tummies. So uh, we, we, we aren't just one organism. But um, a lot of actual life on Earth has actually followed a, a similar evolutionary path, So which is, which is worm-like. So we all have a mouth as an entry point and we've all got a bottom <laughs> as an exit point. Uh, some of us have limbs. Some of us uh, don't. Our snakes and stuff don't. Uh, some of us learned to walk upright. Some grew feathers. Yeah. Uh, but we all follow that uh, evolutionary um, path and adaptation to the environments that we find ourselves in. Okay, so where are we starting with this alien journey? So I've always, as a kid, I don't know about you, but whenever I looked up at the stars, and I was a real geeky, nerdy kid. I used mm-hmm. to love all the science fiction shows, the Star Trek, the Lost in Space, the um, Doctor Who. And I always was fascinated, and whenever I looked up in the night sky, I always wondered if anything was looking back at us. Um, well, and preferably what? not like Russian spy Oh, damn, or, you, you, yeah, no, you no, got no. my joke there. Yeah. I was about to say, well, the government's always looking yeah, at you. Yeah, yeah, we're always being stared at um, oh. or observed. Uh, and also just that concept that somewhere out there, there could be another civilization or somewhat sadder, uh, the ruins of a civilization that we, uh, we will never meet or see or, or get to know. Uh, I'm trying to think. Mar- well, according to scientists, they say that Mars could have had life on it at one stage. Yeah. Uh, microbial life, absolutely. Uh, and actually, we don't know how complex that got. And in fact, when you look at a lot of the moons within our uh, solar system, so if you look at um, Ganymede or um, uh, Titan, um they have oceans underneath their ice caps and um, Europa as well um, have very interesting um, compositions. Uh, and, and now we even think Venus might have something, uh, although that is still being investigated. It's interesting you say that because uh, I've watched uh, briefly, I didn't watch the whole 30-minute documentary, but space mining. I know that sounds really st- stupid, but... Why? Because it's like, well, okay, yes, we know that the mining resources to get to, for example, if Elon Musk gets his spaceship up in space, he's going to need fuel to go to planets and all that kind of stuff. Well, they're saying it's going to be too costly to ship fuel from Earth up. So they're going to have to make fuel in space. Yep. And the only way to make fuel in space is to, for example, hydrogen fuel, yep. which is made by water, 
well, where would you get water from in a low gravity uh, rock? Well, H2O. You'll go for the moon. Yeah, so H2O is actually quite abundant within the galaxy. It's one of the things that we're, as we learn more about it, as we peer further into space and into the different solar systems and into the heavenly bodies within our own solar system, we're discovering that some of these elements that we thought weren't as abundant are actually proving to be very abundant. And that's why a lot of his um, rockets, the SpaceX rockets, are designed to actually be able to take fuel that we will be able to produce on Mars so we don't have to send fuel there only for it to then be sent back. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting because they're, they're also, we'll get to aliens in a second, but also <laughs> the interesting thing is there's asteroids that have huge gold reserves on them yeah, yeah. and they're saying that it's no good sending that gold to Earth because what would happen is the gold price would just drop uh, because you you're all of a sudden you've just got abundance of it. So what they reckon is more likely is what is mined in space will stay in space and will be used in space for their own colonies. Um, and, and that's what um, people like Musk and uh, Hawking and all those um, quite visionary people were looking towards. They were hoping that we could actually create Earth as a residential-only zone. So all our industry would be done either on the moon or on another planet or asteroid mining, and um, really then we could start cleaning up this planet. And the problem is then, um, I, as much as I understand, the space does not have oxygen, but I take it we still have to refine the gold that they mine, which means they still need to burn the coal, the, the gold that they mine or they have to melt it down. You need oxygen for that. You need you need fundamentally you need a pressurized place where you can like a space station where you can do all your mining. But then what happens to the emissions? Because as much as it's space and you could maybe figure a way to safely jettison the smoke into space, are we polluting space? That should be a whole topic for another show. That'll, that will definitely be a topic for another show. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get to aliens because I think aliens is what we're here to talk about. Are yeah. we talking about green Martians? Well, we can, we can, and it, and look, it's actually quite funny because um, uh, there is a term that a lot of us ast- uh, astronomers use, which is um, LGM, Little Green Men. Um, when it, whenever they sort of talk about when they pick up these signals, or yeah. uh, if they if they feel that they've originally, or if, sorry, if they feel that they've detected alien life. Um, they say, oh, well, LGM um, is, you know, until we investigate it further. And we saw that recently, uh, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, the news about Tabastar, where it had that odd dimming and they were saying, oh, maybe that structures around um, the planet and as it orbits the sun, you know, that it, it's such a big structure that it actually dims the star. Um, but it wasn't. Sadly, it wasn't. It was actually just debris and clouds mm-hmm. from... Um, from stuff. Well, the accretion disk where yeah. the sun uh, was created. But we're, only, sun was created. we're only looking at... Is that, that in this galaxy or another galaxy? Uh, that's in our galaxy, so the Milky Way galaxy. So this is the other thing. Maybe there is other beings, but just not in this galaxy. Because and there are multiple galaxies. Yeah, so, so what was... It, uh, back in the 60s, um, a famous physicist and astrologist, um, uh, Drake came up with what's called the Drake Equation. And he used that to try and figure out what is the likelihood or what is the probability of 
other intelligent alien races out there. Um, and this this uh, equation had uh, seven elements to it. I won't go through them all. Um, but uh, it turned out that even if you used the most uh, conservative numbers, um, there would actually be, uh, by probability, a very high chance that there would be a lot of aliens out there. And we've always, we've always assumed that. And in fact, now that we have um, more powerful telescopes and we've been peering into the, um, uh, the, the, our galaxy, the Milky yep. Way, even more, we realise that planets are actually quite abundant. In fact, there are so many planets in the Milky Way alone yep. that to understand how many there are, for every grain of sand on Earth, there are 10,000 planets. So it is astounding the volume of planets. Now, that doesn't always mean that they're habitable planets, no. So, but it just it goes to show that the, the large volume of planets. According to worldatlas.com, um, today they, obs- uh, the, they estimate uh, to contain more than 2 trillion galaxies. Uh, an increase from the previous believed 200 billion thought to exist based on images from the mid-1990s, data reported from the Hubble Ultra Deep Field, uh, which had revealed a host of faint galaxies. Interesting, like 200 trillion galaxies, potentially, mm. estimated. Well, just in, just in the Milky Way, our galaxy, the one we inhabit, there are 500 billion planets. Um, and at least, at least, so this is using conservative figures, 10 billion Earth-like ones. So you would, you would hope, I guess, you would uh, hope that in all of those 10 billion, the chance of uh, life um, emerging very much like our own life uh, would be really, really high. Um, and uh, we're talking about complex, intelligent life, not just um, uh, single-celled organisms. Uh, what, what I also find quite fascinating then is that we had uh, another physicist and um, theorist, Enrico Fermi, and uh, in the 1950s, even this is before the Drake equation was was created, he he said, well, look, if there is such a high probability that there is an abundance of intelligent alien life out there, he then asked the question, well, where is it? And that's that's created what um, is now very famously known as the Fermi paradox, mm-hmm. which is okay. Well, if the if the odds are in their favour, why is it we've not detected any? Why are we not when we peer into the sky, when we turn our telescopes, whether they be the radio telescopes or our visual telescopes, why are we not seeing alien activity? Um, and and I, I find that a really really interesting question because obviously the answer to that are both um, exciting and frightening, depending on which way you want to interpret it. Well, it's interesting you say that because we're talking about uh, aliens and life on other planets. The University of Nottingham, a group of scientists, has, have calculated, or estimation, uh, that there could be intelligent life beyond Earth within our galaxy, as reported by Forbes.com. Uh, they point out that it is possible that at least 36 ongoing intelligent civilizations exist in the Milky Way. Uh, they are all based on cosmic evolution, and that's a calculation-slash-estimate type of mathematic equation that they've done. Um, the claim and studies have been published in the Astrophysical Journal, uh, where it outlines that extraterrestrial communications are happening and that life can bring... Uh, begin on other planets similar to what has happened here on Earth. They are, however, a lot of assumptions in these in this report. Uh, 
uh, one being that it takes about 5 billion years for intelligent life to form on other planets. Thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. There's a few on, on all of that. So th- the sad thing for us is that we've only actually got one model uh, which we know we can draw from, and that's our, ourselves. So what we know of the Earth is that soon after forming, you know, over 4.5 billion years ago and after it cooled, it, our fossil records tells us that simple life, simple um, cellular life, actually started quite early. So the concept of life developing uh, may not actually be as difficult as we think. Yeah. But what might happen is, is that the barriers to um, intelligent life forming, so this is what Fermi was, was saying, and, and, these, and this barrier theory says um, either we are one of the only species to get past this barrier or this filter, uh, or that filter is ahead of us, um, and that's why we're not seeing intelligent life out there oh. so for us the, some of the biggest things that happen to us as a um uh, a planetary species and, and organisms was the merging of cells and mitochondria um so that could actually be the biggest filter and well, on, and every other planet if that didn't happen uh then that could um hold back life talking about filters though there's a bigger filter than that According to the scientists, uh, they say also detection and communication is pretty much impossible as the average distance to one of these civilizations is about 17,000 light years. So, and so we're not going to see them if they do exist. Well, we, well not yet. We're not going to see yeah, them yet. So because 17,000 light years, uh, I don't know how, how far that is in kilometers, but I'm sure it's quite far. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's... I'm actually just going to Google this. It, it's further than you could drive in your car. Um, so, see, th- that's the other thing. Are we not able to see them because we're relying on the fact that they developed evolutionary, similar to us, so they have an ability to hear sound, they have an ability to see, they have an ability to feel, or have they evolved in different environments um, and, and we've actually seen life evolve in, in what we would traditionally think is too hostile uh, or too violent an environment for it to occur. So 17,000 light years is too much for Google to calculate. Um, <laughs> they go 1.60832E yeah. plus 17 uh, kilometres. Yeah. So I just think it's too much. But in general, we're talking... You can't even do... Okay, let's see if what half a light... No, I can't even tell you what half a light year is in kilometres because it literally gives me an E in there. Yeah. So, uh, let's just say... It, let's let's see how far a kilometre is. Okay, this is stupid because it says one kilometre equals 1.057E minus 13 light years. That's not correct. Yeah, I... I don't think a kilometre equals yeah, so 1.05. Well, what a light year is, is the distance, distance that light will travel in, in a year. Yeah. It, it, so, in a vacuum. Uh, some people forget to add that last bit at the end. So, yeah. it's the distance travelled in a vacuum. Um, but... Uh, okay, well, I can tell you what... Uh, hang on, let me just double-check this. No, I can't tell you that. So, but the thing is, is that um, even though space is very vast, and certainly our you know, the distance between our solar objects are uh, really, really vast. Um, Our galaxy's been around for a really long time. Um, So 
And and on top of that, because we're on the, one of the spiral arms of the Milky Way galaxy, our solar system is quite new, yep. uh, relatively speaking, to other solar systems within the Milky Way galaxy. So they have had a real big head start upon us, which again is part of this confusing, well, if there are so many other planets and stars out there yep. that have been around for a lot longer, um, then they would have had more opportunity for um, intelligent life to... to so I, I have worked this out, and I've got to thank uh, I'm going to uh, uh, futurism dot com. So how long would it take to walk a light year? If we hopped aboard a space shuttle, uh, which can travel five miles a second, it would take us about thirty seven thousand two hundred years to go one light year. That's 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 a number of generations of people. So we're not talking about a spaceship where you can send send all male crews and just go go and travel the world or universe. Mm-hmm. You're you're basically saying right, you've got to start breeding those kids on that yeah, ship. And it'll be a multi generational ship. But but uh, uh, I, I guess um, what would you do after half distance? Let's let's say you get get uh uh what's a half of thirty seven? It's let's say. 18, let's say you get 18 years into the journey. No, 18,000 years into the journey. And you want to turn back. Well, I think the other thing to keep in mind is how fast, how far will our technology evolve in 18,000 years? You know, and, and there actually is a paradox um, where uh, if we say we sent off a rocket with you know, hundreds of people and it was going to be a multi-generational ship, by the time it gets to its destination, not only would we have developed faster ships that would probably catch up to overtake it, pick everybody up and take them there in half the time or you know, no time at all. Um, so that, That's a long time, though. But, but see, this is, the th- this is the odd thing because even if you only had um, – and, and the, the astronomers have just done so much work on this, it's, it's not funny. They've even come up with a model where, say, for example, we had uh, a technology where we could send a rocket to visit the, our next neighbouring star, which is Proxima Centauri, um, and it would get there in 4,000 years. And then once it got there, it duplicated itself based on what it could find in, in that solar system. And then those two rockets then went off to the next two stars and kept going. It would only take, even though it sounds like a long time to us, it would only take a million years for us to have visited every, all these drones to have visited every um, I think, star. In the and and in that, our, is, that, that is more probable, probable than, uh, let's say... Us getting on a spaceship and going to the nearest galaxy, um, at this stage, I think that's because let, let, you you raised a good point. I think that uh, we've already got cloning technology, or we've already got AI computers that can build themselves. The problem, I guess, you would face is it needs the resources, and it needs to have the ability to turn those resources back into the material that it needs to. So is it actually possible? As much as we it, it, theoretically it's possible to recreate another drone, but it was more like if you're on Earth, it's re, it's possible. I, it takes a lot more than just a drone to recreate a drone. No, but the the you'd have to have the the stations available. Yeah, but the 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 example was more about even though. It's achievable, and it would take a million years. 
in the scheme of galactic time, a million years is nothing. Yes. Well, when, you, when you consider the Earth has been around for 4.5 billion years already, a million years is nothing. Yeah, but, but I think like, okay, I'm just nitpicking your, your, your idea here because I think it's a good idea. But I think that realistically, it would be better if we had the, let's say, Mars or the Moon, wherever we want to put these stations, and we have a metal-making industrial area, a a copper industrial area to do all that kind of stuff, and then we have the drones come and deliver the mining material to the Moon, and that's where the drones get replicated. Have you gone back to mining in space? Yeah. Because so, you, so, so you, would need, <laughs> you would literally need to mine in space to get the resources that you need. Yeah, no, but mine was a theoretical example. Well, I'm so, just turning into a practical example. I know. So, yeah. And, and obviously that, that would need to somehow be figured out. Um, and space isn't actually empty. You know, there's, there's actually stuff everywhere in space. It's just oh, very widely it's just spread vacuumed. apart. Yeah. It's just very vacuumed. Yeah. But I, I, and, and, and even people, it's, it's quite funny because when you say things to people like, we are so far away from the sun, it takes eight minutes for light to get to us. And the distance between the Earth and the moon... Yeah, I can still get sunburned. ...is so far. So the gap between the Earth and the moon is so far is that you could fit every other planet in our solar system in between. Well done to the moon for being distant. So, the point I'm making is that I think people, you know, when we think about the moon, we we honestly think it's a lot closer than what it actually is. Yeah. Um, so, and and that's our nearest um, satellite. That's yeah. our, our nearest um, astral body. DRN One United Perth dedicated LGBTIQA plus station. And we're back. That was Adele. Set the fire to the rain. Uh, well, hopefully no aliens will be coming down and setting fire to our rain. Well, it depends on what what their purpose will be, if they're benevolent and if they're friendly and if they want good things for us. Oh, well, if you go by every Avengers movie, they're all out to get us, apparently. Yeah, it's, it's funny. They sort of get a bit of a bum rap in the, the sci-fi movies, don't I they? Know. And some days I, I guess the only good E.T. The, the e. Brent home. Yeah, he was a good little He was alien. a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about the only good alien I know. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. So I guess, you know, when we, we sort of like think about the type of aliens that we might encounter, um, chances are actually the first aliens we might encounter are going to be artificial intelligence if they have to go through the vast distances of space. Like we already know that with our given level of technology and even in our foreseeable future, it would take, you know, hundreds of generations. Um, but uh, a, a device that's just run by AI, um, you know, can travel that distance and not need the resources, the food, the water, the um, all that thing, all the things that uh, sustain life, the oxygen. Yep. Um, so it could be potentially that would be the first thing uh, we will encounter. I was just trying to, I was just trying, because you said something very interesting there, the um, AI. Now, if I was an alien uh, civilization say, in another galaxy. We already know that it would take a long time for a spacecraft to get from one galaxy to another galaxy. But let's say that somehow... A, let's say we knew that there was uh, a planet in another solar system or galaxy that had humans... I'm going to use that word. Humans on it as well. Now, 
we knew we knew that they had internet access somehow. How fast is the speed of how fast does the internet travel? What? Like like the the beam that connects like I know this is a this cable here right in front of me is a ten gigabit cable. But how fast could if we had the right technology, two satellites and we had sent one satellite early in the nineties over to this other planet somehow and they didn't think it was a threat and shoot it down to start with. There's a lot of holes in this. Yeah. But then somehow they realized it came with instructions and they could connect it to their own network. We could establish a communication over AI or over the internet, which would end up potentially being yeah, so an artificial intelligent conversation to start so, with. So the first question, which was how fast? <laughs> so the universal speed limit of... Uh, the fastest thing we've got is light, so and that travel and that's a constant in a vacuum. The question um, is, it takes NASA a few minutes to communicate to the space shuttle. But that's because it's not using light; it's using um, radio waves. But we would still have to. Like, can internet be transmitted over light? Lidar. I don't think that's internet, though. I think that's radar. Um, and then there's uh, Li-Fi. Rather than Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think this is a way off. It is a way off. Um, I think you're going to have to be booster signals but, every time. But actually what you just said is also interesting because we have, with our Voyager and Pioneer um, uh, deep space probes that we've sent off in the 70s. Um, they still phone home somehow. But yeah, they do send us signals. It takes a while for them to get there. But um, certainly the Voyager space probes that were launched in the mid-70s, 76, I think it was, um, they have now gone past um, our solar system. So they are our first technology that has left our solar system and have now gone into interstellar space. Um, and they've been travelling you know, for over 50 years. Um, it, it just goes to show how vast... Space is so they have, and they're some of the fastest traveling um, satellites that we have. But on all of them, they have gold plates and discs, yeah, um, which are actual records um, that uh, contain information about Earth, um, information about how to play the disc, um, information about uh, the life forms on our planet, sounds from our planet, uh, images from our planet. So any any intelligent life that encounters this in the future, um, it will even uh, have a map on how to find us and and who we are, um, essentially on these uh, these gold discs. Really interesting. We talk about this because um, I just had to Google um, how do spaceships talk to <laughs> NASA, and it's called uh, there's spaceplace.nasa.gov. I think it's designed for kids. <laughs> um, I'm such a big kid here. Uh, but they have we we know of DNS on Earth, yeah, dynamic yeah. dynamic server ne- namespace. Well, they have DSN, which shows you that they really didn't think of the name, mm-hmm. but it stands for Deep Space Network. Oh, there you go. So there you go. Um, the Deep Space Network is a collection of big radio antennas in different parts of the world. So we're talking about the big ones on the ground here. Mm. However, they communicate to smaller repeaters up in the atmosphere orbit, yeah, orbit yep um and apparently i did find this information uh okay here's the interesting we're talking about voyager yep okay because the voyager's 
I don't know why they put a Voyagers, but... There's two. Okay. Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. Thank you. Because of the Voyagers are so far away, their signal to the antennas are very weak. In fact, the power that the DSN antennas receive from the Voyager signals is 20 billion times weaker than what is needed to run a digital watch. Engineers have figured out ways to boost those signals so they can be heard loud and clear. Yeah. I wonder what amplifier system they're using. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> not the same people who made your mixer bar. Wow, breaking down. <laughs> this is a different mixer now, so no yeah. more breaking. Yeah. Just, yeah. just need to get an electrician out. Yeah. Um, but it's it is it is interesting that that uh, it's radio waves. So how fast can a radio wave travel? Well. Well, this is the thing. Now, we've been broadcasting radio waves uh, for over 100 years. If you go back to the original Marconi broadcast, and there were some even before that, um, those radio waves are continuing to travel out. So there is actually a big disk of radio and uh, soon after television waves um, or television signals that continue to expand out in a spherical pattern away from us. It's really interesting. We were talking about, about speed of light, for example. Well, according to Wikipedia... Uh, this is a show about education, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but like all other electromagnetic waves, radio waves travel at the speed of light in vacuum. Radio waves are generated by charge, charge particles undergoing acceleration, such as time-varying elect- electric currents. Okay, that's, so basically we're saying the speed of light. Yeah. To me, that's, yeah. that, to me, that sounds like... Yeah, yeah. But it takes... Eight minutes for lo- the sun's light to hit Earth. Yeah. So that's very slow. It is slow. It is. Sorry, I just clicked that. It's eight minutes for the sun's light yeah. to hit Earth. Yeah, yeah. Like to give you an example of God, the distances would, we're dealing with. You wouldn't have liked being here with the Big Bang, would you? Well, that's the thing. If something happened to the sun, it would take us eight minutes to realize it's happened. Well, it will go out one day. Well, in four and a half billion years. Yeah, I won't be alive. Um, yeah, I might, I, I I might be downloading into the computer. Yeah, yeah. I, well, it's interesting. Even if we continue on an evolutionary path, the whatever intelligent species is here, uh, the eyes that watch that won't be humanized. It will be, you know, one of our descendants that has evolved very yeah. much like a. Well, it, it just, <laughs> it, it's going to be all night vision eyes because once the sun's gone, well, okay, so there's a. But huge... we'll be destroyed. No, no, no. Earth no, will we be won't. Swallowed up. No, why? Not if we can shift Earth away from the explosion. Well, probably in 4.5 billion years we'll have figured out how to do that. Yeah, we just need gravity pull and we need to move. Well, gravity is the reason why the sun will... Eat us up. Eat yeah. us up, yeah. But the thing is, if we, we've already figured out how to move an asteroid, surely it's not too hard we, to... We haven't figured out how to move an asteroid. Yes, we have. That's the whole post about it. it they said the technology's not there yet, but technically they but, can move an asteroid. They have a few theoretical concepts. We have no machinery that can help us. SpaceX is coming to the rescue. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, getting back to the topic, which yeah. was, where are all the aliens? aliens. So they're, they're, they're digging their hole and yeah. hiding from us. Well, yeah, I don't know if I would. Unless Trump was one. I don't know if I would be in a rush um, to make contact with us. Yeah, because uh, considering that we destroy the Earth, I don't think that's what aliens are looking for. Well, it depends on what they want from us. If they want, if they want to rule all. us and, and, and control us, well, but then see this is the thing. It. This is the thing. You have to then say to yourself, well, considering how 
far they would have to come to find us um, and if they if they have the ability to tra- traverse such distances, mm. is that really what they want to do? Is come here and you know anal probe our cows and that Maybe. sort of stuff? Maybe they want the beef. Yeah, but you think that they would have a better way of doing it? Maybe they don't have cows on their planet. Yeah, it's a resource intense activity though. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, like, yeah, and like I'm ignoring it. Have, have, <laughs> Maybe they want to have us carry the alien babies because they can no longer carry babies anymore. So maybe we can't become the egg. Well, if that's the case, they're still not doing it because um, it's not happening. But, no, but, but, so, but saying that, we have had some people in government look like aliens and out of the government as well. A lot of people say Mark Zuckerberg looks like an alien. Uh, you really wanting a response? Yes, I do. <laughs> Haven't you seen his lizard face picture? Yeah, okay. Well, when he was doing, yeah. when he was doing, okay. So, so this side topic for a second. When Mark Zuckerberg was being quizzed by the Congress of the United States of America, yeah, yeah. he would take a zip, a, 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 a sip of water, like a lizard would take a sip of a water, and that's where he got the nickname Lizard Man. Okay. So yeah, very interesting. Um, um and his eyes apparently look very lizard-like. Right. Um, I don't know how I can swing this back to aliens, but are there, do some of the politicians also act like aliens because what they do in part in, in government doesn't necessarily reflect what the humans want. Um, we only have to look at Trump okay. for that one. Right. Uh, I guess since we've never actually encountered aliens, we don't have a model of which to compare against. But see, I disagree with you. I think we have encountered aliens. Yeah, but you can't just provide... A statement with no evidence and then claim that as fact. Dolphins, dogs, monkeys. They're not alien. They were terrestrial. They're, they're, they're from this planet. We, we can trace back their evolutionary path all yes, the way but, back to okay, single-celled organisms. The deepest, darkest ocean animal that we cannot In the Mariana fi- yeah, Trench. Yeah. That exists around the volcanic vents. They may have been here, but... Of all of which have DNA that strands back my to... Thinking, my thinking is that an alien doesn't necessarily have to come from outer space. Alien mm. could be internal. It could be here already. It oh. could have been here since the dinosaurs. We're, we're all thinking that aliens have to get here. But what if the aliens were already here? Mind blown. No, it's not. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Providing a lot more detail to a flawed argument doesn't make it better. Um, <laughs> what you're suggesting is that, as I rub my temple, okay. so let me let me put it this way: all life that's existed on the planet, of all the life that has ever existed on the planet, ninety nine percent of it has gone extinct. So life is in a constant process of renewal. But um, we just have to look at the e- ancient Egypt times where they were drawing spaceships or uh, uh, drawings of. Things floating in the sky. Because they've never seen birds before or... I don't think that... I not think they knew what birds were. I think this was flying saucers. Okay, so... I'm going I, I, I I to be that type. I will fall to... I will bow to one of my uh, heroes, Carl Sagan, <laughs> when he says, extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof. Um, so I think that just because we would like to interpret some hieroglyphics... Uh, as examples of alien life. Um, are we also then saying that um, the images of the cat gods and the st- um, stork gods? Well, 
want to interrupt you for one second. Oh, I'm because I've just found some breaking news as of the the. Oh, it's not so breaking because it was last year, but 2020, January 6, mm. a British astronaut has said, and I would have to click the article to actually read what he said. Uh, but the Google description says. Aliens definitely exist, Britain's first scientist, or Britain's first astronaut has said, and it's possible they are living among us on Earth, but have gone undetected so far. This is on CNN.com, so this is not yeah, just... Yeah, look, you can't refute this that. Is, this, is, this is not just like a Fox yeah, News thing. No. And is he selling a book of any sort? Is, is just, there some sort of profit motive behind this sort of stuff? Okay, so Sharman became the first... Britain in space in 1992. Mm-hmm. So it is, I believe, I just want to make sure that it is the right person, that uh, Helen Sharman, who visited the Soviet Mir spaceship in, or space station in 1991, told the Azerbaijan newspaper on Sunday, quote, aliens exist, there is no two ways about it, end quote. She went on to say, there are many billions of stars out there in the universe that there must be all sorts of different forms of life, end quote. She went on to say, will be, will they likely be like you and me, made up of carbons and nitrogen? Maybe not. Um, then, in a tantalizing theory, she, uh, that should probably make it, you very suspicious of your colleagues, Sharman added, it is possible they are here right now, and we simply can't see them. The whole article is on... Uh, her beliefs. Her beliefs and her desires and her interpretations, and you're presenting it as though it's scientific fact. Well, she says a lot of people like you would disagree with her because she's a female. That's also kind of... Wow. Yeah, so she's a very... That, that's, that's, well, well, look, that's proof. You know, if you have any sort of opposition <laughs> to her beliefs, then clearly you are attacking her because... Uh, She's a female. Yeah. Um, so. Look, I, I think that she could be right. I, but but I that also, doesn't create fact. But, <laughs> Just because people believe stuff doesn't mean it's fact. <laughs> but I also think she could be wrong. I think it's a 50-50 chance. Is there someone else I can do this with? <laughs> No, I, I just think... What I, do you I, mean it's 50 You're You can't assume anything. Well, okay. How so you, f- on how do you base it's a 50-50 argument? Because you're, you're saying she has equal merit against, <laughs> a, against a mountain of zero evidence. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying she got 50-50 chance if she was a man. Or a woman. Because there's only... <laughs> I can't say that on the radio. But if she was a man, people would take her seriously. No, it, they wouldn't. What? Many men have made similar claims, and they've and everyone has come back with, okay, well, you've got a theory, and and you can anyone can have a theory, but you're going to have to have something to back it up with, otherwise that theory is quickly dismissed by other people's theories. Okay, so what about this one? A former Pentagon official who led a secret government program oh, to secret. Re- <laughs> to research potential UFO revealed mm. in 2017, <gasps> told CNN. At the time that he believes there's evidence of alien life reaching Earth. Wow. Now, I and haven't clicked on the article. Years, I haven't clicked on the In three years, we still have had no more revelations. Um, you know, th- there are so well, many... Didn't something... There are so many um, other governments that if they found any evidence, they would be uh, sharing that. Maybe they wouldn't. So, but like... 
there is such thing as uh, there was a documentary about what would happen if there was a big ass asteroid that was like a dinosaur asteroid heading towards Earth and it was going to impact Earth. According to to the documentary, I can't remember what what who did it, but according to the documentary, they said that the governments would not tell us. But there are because they would not want to fear us. But not all alien searching organisations are government funded. SETI, yes. SETI in itself is the is the biggest one, and they are not government funded. They are a not for profit. But I'm sure that the government, if they wanted to, would shut them down as quickly as they. Uh, see, the telescopes to. that they use are across the different government borders. But if all governments You can't know, just keep coming up with opposition <laughs> with no evidence. But if all governments know that there's a big ass at rock coming towards us... You're talking about two different things. I know, I am. You're talking about one is an opposing threat well, to imagine, life Okay, Earth. imagine if it was an alien invasion coming to, uh, to Earth. What do you think the the governments would tell us? Well, I don't know what government policy is on. I don't think that I don't think they would. Yeah, but again, you, you're just telling me what you think. We can well, this think is my things th- all day. <laughs> I think this is a good thinking time. Yeah, okay. No, but anyway, getting back to what I was really <laughs> wanting to talk about, which was the various um, uh, filters that all life have to go through, and whether we are yet to still face biggest our biggest challenges as a species and as a civilization. Or if we've passed it, and therefore we then have to look at the the realization that we may have been the only species that has made it this far um, when it what, comes to evolution. So you reckon that if there was another civilization, that they could have destroyed themselves? Yeah. Well, I guess. Uh, well, if, and, and see, the if, thing is, is people think assume that it has to be some sort of cataclysmic um, destruction. Well, it could have been nothing to do with them. It could have been a. Um, an asteroid impact. Um, well, also you got to think that there's that that there's that rumor that there's more than one. Uh, uh, I can't, can't. If you believe in time travel and all that kind of stuff, you're going to believe that there's multiple levels of different. Like that we're on Earth now, but there's a clone of Earth that's. Oh, the multiverse. The multiverse. Theory. Thank you. Yeah. I knew what I was trying to say. Just couldn't yeah, think the of the word. Multiverse theory. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there's going to be a universe, uh, a multiverse out there that has destroyed themselves because of a nuclear bomb, or there's the dinosaurs lived, or a virus or, got out of control. Uh, well, that's what we kind of got at the moment. Um, it's interesting. Well, there's there's lots of things that could wipe us out. Um, but, and and it's interesting because. Uh, those that are either controlled by us. So, you know, it could be that in the history of the universe, so many alien species um, said, wow, wait until we turn this machine on. It's going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened to us. Um, And it's turned against them. And that's what we might be facing with super artificial intelligence. Um, What if? I'm going to put this theory out there because this theory is not my theory. You use the term theory a lot. Is it a theory or is it a belief? No, this is is someone's, another show of ours, uh, which is Two Nerds in a Room. They did this Mm. show, uh, this episode, about are are we a computer program? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The simulation Uh, theory. uh, Simulation theory. What if... That's what we are. What if we? What if we think that there's aliens and all that kind of stuff, and we have the right to think what we're thinking? But what if it, one day it just snaps and we realize that? Hang on, we're actually stuck in a 
DOS 96 computer <laughs> or something. Yeah, DOS 3.1. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, running Windows 95. Yeah, oh God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like... What if this is not real? And I know that it's kind of off topic, but what if the aliens created this to see what humans would, or to see what humans would do? It's not actually off topic because that could be a very good reason why we're not seeing lots of aliens out there. One of the reasons could be that we will get to a level where we can create artificial simulations that provide us nothing but joy. It takes already happening with Facebook Oculus. And so the whole thing is then if if you can create a simulation that is so perfect that you can't tell the difference, then you could actually create a simulation that simulates what the rest of the universe is like. So from the safety and comfort of not leaving your own home planet, um, you could go anywhere, experience anything with anybody. Um, And so that could could be one of the filters. It could be one of the filters that um, entraps or stops uh, an alien race from reaching out there. Personally, I think we should definitely just not be trapped on Earth because the Earth will get sucked into the sun. Excuse me, get sucked into the sun, uh, or we will. Well, if a virus doesn't wipe us out, we're going to wipe ourselves out. Um, Potentially, but, well, we have the ability to. And actually, I think that's a very good statement because at the moment we think it's very difficult. Um, or to, to wipe ourselves to out. wipe ourselves out. God, no. But what's happening is, is that as, you know, the next 100 years, 200 years come along, more and more um, governments and societies will have access to um, mass destruction weaponry. And we're already seeing it now um, with some of the Middle Eastern countries um, yeah. you know, working on it. North Korea now has nuclear weapons. Um, so it, the more people have it, the more um, uh, organisations that have it, the more companies that have it, um, it doesn't then take much to set off a chain event. And I think this is why Elon Musk came out just uh, earlier this month and he said that SpaceX is now his full-time priority, not because of other countries, but because they basically have a starship. Like, they, okay, it's blown up a few times. Everything, when you're building it, blows up. Trust me, I've, I've not, I haven't blown anything up. I've just... I know what it's like building something, it does crash yeah. and it takes rebuilding because you need to learn the lessons. Yeah. It is interesting. The Look at look what uh, SpaceX has, has developed. Something that NASA could not. Landing rockets. Where rockets could land and be refueled. That's something that NASA didn't even have. Boeing, one of the largest aerospace companies could not and maybe still have not developed well if they are developing they're developing very secretly but this this billionaire trillionaire elon musk and his company spacex have designed these rockets to come down and land upright okay you could say well we did have the space shuttle program that allowed space shuttles to come back in but I think that was a bit different because that landed like an aeroplane. And the jettisons, the, the boosters, still burnt up in our atmosphere. These are actually the boosters that come back down and re- yeah, so, renewable. So well, there's a lot to unpack with that. So N- NASA's mission, sadly, is pushed and pulled by the governments of the day. Mm. Um, and their funding is either increased or decreased based on what the um, 
American administration wants from them. Um, so it's very hard for them to get um, the large amounts of money. And I think if people realize that NASA's annual budget is something only like $4.5 billion, it's actually very small yep. um, in comparison to what they do. So for them to be able to um, put a, a lot of that into research and development for boosters um, really is, is a, a bit of a challenge for them. So they generally tend to focus on uh, Earth orbit um, type missions and then they use uh, the, the space telescopes, whether it's the, um, the Arecibo array, which unfortunately we lost last year in Puerto Rico, um, so that needs to be rebuilt. Um, is that the one that collapsed? Yes, yeah, so that's the one that collapsed, the Arecibo I only array. Found that, I only found that out recently. That, yeah, it's that a huge it's, loss it's, to us. It, because the government didn't repair it. Well, it, yeah, again, whenever infrastructure like that is on other countries' soil, you then have to be reliant on those governments of the day and how yep. they're sta whether they're stable or not and whether they see it as a priority as well. But, you know, I'm really quite excited when the James Webb Space Telescope is launched, um, hopefully sometime either this year or very early in 2022, um, because that is going to give us so much more power to be able to look for alien life. Um, yep. But... Uh, Elon Musk once said in, in one of his speeches that um, we, we shouldn't assume that progress happens just simply because time passes. Uh, he said, in fact, unless you actually consciously work upon it, um, it, it, it quite likely will store. And he gave the space example, um, or he offered the example of space. We, we originally went to space um, in the 70s and... Um, and in that time, we've not explored further out. What we've done is we've sort of shrunk further in and we've just focused on um, low to medium to high Earth orbits. Yep. Um, so uh, for him to then have these, these visions and to create these um, rockets, which he said so many times almost sent him bankrupt. Um, and even now, he keeps saying that, you know, I'm, I'm quite surprised that, you know, when something works, I'm really excited because I actually plan for it to fail and cost lots and lots of money and maybe that'll be the end of the program. So yeah. um, he's mentioned that several times. It is interesting we're, we're, because we're talking about uh, aliens and space and private companies and public companies and government companies. So we do have here in Australia space.gov.au, which yeah. is our uh, Attempt. space agency. Actually, which there, Queensland there is, is working on a rocket motor. There, Good on them. Its headquarters are located in Adelaide yep. uh, the, in the southern southern east capital city of South Australia. Can you guess its budget for 2019 and 2020? Something like $150 million. Nope. The oh. annual budget is $9.8 million. Oh, is that all? Yeah. Just for... It's an administrative fee then. It's the administration of it. You reckon? Yeah, that's all it would cover, administration costs. So, apparently, uh, according to the budget of 2018, which is the only way we get this, um, it confirms 41 million Australian dollars to a space agency. But then the breakdown was 9.8 million for 2019 and 2020. Yeah, it's not a big thing. Not, uh, so New Zealand has a more advanced space program than we do. But what happened to, what happened to the rest of it? If the $41 million is what the budget gave yeah. in 2018, I know that budget, how long is that budget for? Well, really that budget is more to set up and design policy and direction um, to engage with providers. Um, I know there's a company in Queensland that are working on a rocket motor at the moment. 
I can give you the breakdown here, actually. I just found it. Um, live radio people. Uh, so, the, uh, this was dated the May 8, 2018. So, a little bit old. But in 2018-2019, the budget will get... The Department of Industry, Innovation and Science will get $5.7 million. In 2019-2020, they'll get $9.8 million. In 2020-2021, they'll get $11.8 million. And in 2021 to 2022, $13.7 million. So that was all the budgets done. So $41,000, sorry, sorry, $41 million spread out over three years. Over three years. That sounds like a typical government budget, doesn't it? No. No? <laughs> no? <laughs> it sounds like a tokenistic effort, as far as I'm concerned. What do you think the budget should have been? If well, it that, if it was serious. They, if no, it, well, I, I guess essentially if you're looking at it, first of all, they're having to set it all up. And the first things that you do when you set it all up is to di- dictate and decide um, policy direction and our involvement. And are we just going to be a facilitator of um, uh, opportunity and innovation? Um, in that case, we will then make available opportunities for other organisations, whether they be global or Australian. Um, to do experimentation here. Um, We actually do have quite uh, a unique perspective uh, of the universe. We're one of the few um, uh, stable governments in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, That's why the Parks Array in uh, Victoria, I think it is. I can't remember. I don't know. Um, I think it is in Victoria. The Parks Array um, is such an important satellite because um, it does a lot of um, repeat transmission and also collection um, from the uh, our unique perspective here in the southern skies. But now we're actually building more satellites um, both in Western Australia. Uh, sorry, not satellites, um, satellite dishes yep. in Western Australia and also South Africa. It is really interesting because I, uh, I know that Labor didn't get in into government, but the opposition leader said that if they got in in 2019, they would promise... Thirty-five million dollar investment into the space industry program. However, it was there's something that's a bit more interesting strike me from this article. According to the government, now this is May eighth, twenty eighteen. So this is very old news. But according to the government, having a national space agency will quote help Australian businesses capture more of the U.S. Uh, three hundred and forty U.S. dollar billion. 340 billion US dollar a year global space race in industry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. Like, maybe, but until we actually can launch ships well, it's, from it's... Australia, and would we? Because we're always at the bottom of, like, I, I know sp- there's galaxies everywhere and there's planets everywhere, but we're at the bottom of the, the globe and we may not get a good aim to go to Mars or something. I'm not, like, we're not, this is not a flat earth where you go up and you're in the line, sight, direction that you need. I actually think the United States and the equator is the best place to launch a spaceship. You know, um, we're on an angle, don't you? Yes, I know. So we do. F- and we do move around in space. <laughs> and we do actually spin around a star. I'm a flat earther. Come on. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, but there are launch windows. I'm being facetious. There are launch windows. So uh, especially going to Mars, we, the best launch windows is every two years. Uh, which means that that's the closest Mars gets to Earth. Uh, and that's that's why, uh, I don't know if you remember, back in November or September last year, 
we launched about three different rockets all the way to, to Mars, and they should be arriving next month. Um, so it's and hopefully they don't crash like the Russian uh, spacecrafts <laughs> that went to the moon recently, and they just crashed. Well, that's because travelling in space is hard. Apparently, and this is no joke, one of the arms, like the feet, yeah. uh, failed. Yeah. And yeah, this is the thing. Wouldn't you check this before... You get to the moon, like, not only, like, my thinking is you let the arms out first. It's kind of like driving a plane. You let the wheels out first, and if you know that there's a problem with the wheels, you do a belly landing. Uh, Surely with with spaceships or spacecrafts, we can test the legs out, at least deploy them so that they go out. And if they don't deploy, then we can just blow it up or come up with another way to, well, we don't really, my thinking is, we have enough junk in our own atmosphere and in our own Earth. Yeah. Now we're Mars. Oh, sorry, not Mars. The Moon now has two brand new junk sites on its planet. And without a word of thanks. Well, <laughs> I know what you're saying. I'm the, just the saying problem we're polluting is, is that other pe- we're polluting other planets. That's it's wrong with me because if there are micro life or or atom life or any sort of life out there. Let's say on Mars, for yeah, example, yeah. and Elon Musk's spacecraft just crashes into Mars and creates a huge crater and explodes or whatever. No, it can't really explode because it's Mars atmosphere. But let's say there's damage done to that planet yeah. because of us and it kills us a, a, yeah, yeah. a micro-being that yeah. we didn't know existed until afterwards. Yeah. That's uh, to me. That just is wrong. Just uh, fundamentally, it's it's wrong. Well, and that's why clean we up your own mess. And that's why we do take a lot of care to make sure that anything we send up is bacteria free. Um, so that that's why a lot of those uh, satellites are created and kept and then stored uh, prior to being launched in um, germ free environments uh, to minimise the impact of us spreading bacteria to yep. uh, alien bodies or. Uh, ex- uh, other space bodies. Yep. Well, now we have chatted for way over time. Yeah, and we um, didn't even touch the topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there has to be an aliens part two here. Yeah, I think I think we had to just get yeah. into the the, the nitty gritty of the yeah. of the conversation about space first. Yeah. Um, but aliens, uh, we might just we get, you got two more pages worth of notes there. Yeah, yeah. I think we might visit this topic next yeah. week as well. We have to do it. Next um, week. We have to have a part two. Yeah, because. You got me we'll thinking. Have to have that you, alien sequel. <laughs> you, you, you've literally got me thinking about all of the like. There's just so much that we we have the technology that we have that yeah. can go and beam out up to to space, and now the environmental impact as well that we're doing to space. And the, Elon Musk has even acknowledged the environmental impact that we're having to space. Greenpeace, I guess you're going to be the, the next one to have space peace. Yeah, but once we get to those planets, then we'll really trash them. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I can't disagree with you there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but I think that's the thing. Maybe we don't deserve to go to other places. and Maybe aliens don't want to come to us because we don't clean up our mess. Well, I, I remember many years ago hearing this way out, I'm not going to call it a theory, an idea that the reason why we have so many fossils is because uh, millions of years ago, aliens used to eat their version of KFC and then stop by our planet and throw the bones out onto the, 
onto the earth and then take off. And we so, used to be a dumping ground for that. Maybe that is true. No, it's not. There is absolutely no way that any of that is true. <laughs> if, funny, but not true. If you believe that to, to be true, start tweeting now and we'll check your tweets next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, and we'll send um, the paramedics around. <laughs> well, I, I just, I just want to hear what other people think about space and aliens. So if you do want to get in touch with the show, uh, follow <laughs> us on our Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Just search DRM1United and uh, we'll put a link in the description as well. Uh, thank you, Peter, for joining me thank on you, this uh, very weird yeah. uh, Friday night episode uh, where we are talking about aliens slash space plus slash government, really. We, we hit all three at, yeah, the, at yeah. the same time. And, and if you're an environment... We covered a lot of ground. Yeah, but we haven't really solved the main no, we, issue. we haven't achieved anything, but we've covered a lot of ground. <laughs> Isn't that what this show's about, not yeah. achieving? No, no, we're, we're not drawing any conclusions. It's, well, it's a thought-provoking show. Exactly. And, and, or, or, and, th- and nausea-provoking, too, <laughs> at some times. <laughs> my thinking is that, well, you just have to look at my left hand. I've only got four fingers, so I must be an alien. That's why I say I, I aliens think, are already I, I on. I think before our next show, you need to look up what the definition of alien is. Well, I came... No, I can't say that either. Oh, <laughs> I was going to make a rude joke. And let's, just... let's refer to extraterrestrial life uh, so rather say, than alien. So, so we're not saying saying people just b- born from a crazy mother. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so we're talking about... Okay. That, 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 won't, that won't break any records. Damn. It'll get you in the... A Nobel Prize. Oh, I don't want a Nobel Prize. I want oh, I want the Guinness World Record. Actually, <laughs> yeah. you can just buy those. <laughs> Not the book. I want the actual award. No, that's what I'm saying. You can buy the award. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, as long as you donate enough to them, they'll come and verify oh. your, I don't know, eating noodles as a world record. Yeah, I'm not paying you. <laughs> not, I don't want the cash. Um, anyway, so next week we are talking about aliens. Uh, we, we might talk about the colour of the aliens. Or, and the, do they have skin? Do they not have skin? Are they rubbery? Are they Who knows? Are they like flubber? Like, Who? you know Robbie Williams' flubber? Flub- That's was the thing. Flubber? See, this is the thing. We all, see. We all think as humans. We, we think Donald Trump is an alien. No, you do. Um, <laughs> Come the, on. The, the, no, because, see, people think that... Uh, we were created to suit the Earth, but actually evolution shows us that we evolved to suit the Earth, not we were created to suit it. So we we evolved to suit our environment. If our environment changes, our evolution will change and we will change. Well, apparently we're getting tails again. Younger generations are getting tails. Right. According to Google. Um, I'm not sure the sites you check. Google.com. Uh, anyway, we will see you next week, uh, same time, 6 p.m. on DRM1 United on a Friday night. It's been such a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's been a heavenly pleasure, an extraterrestrial pleasure. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm out of here. Bye. Bye. <laughs>